0: Friends, Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and I are tuned into to the Tim and Friends Show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's
1: go. Once again, it's McAuliffe and Mickey for this Thursday edition. Tim and Friends live from the Sportsnet Studios. First, Ruby's on the golf vacation with the family. Now, apparently, he's just walking around St. George's for the RBC Canadian Open. MBN, which in this show Mickey stands for, must, must be, be
2: nice. Must be nice. Yeah.
1: I was hoping you would change it to something completely different oh, <laughs> just okay. for a split second there, but no, we're on the same page. You and I on the same page. Must be always. Nice. Oh,
2: must must be nice. Must be That's nice. That's what I was about to Monorail. say again. Oh. Yeah. Mono nice rail. Rail. Mono! <laughs> Dope! Alright,
1: uh, I've been told uh, that yeah. we have closed-circuit TV. Of, like, like, let's be honest. Yeah. This is one of the easier gigs that anyone has ever had on this show. Like, we do two hours hard of content each and every day mm-hmm. for your viewing and edutainment pleasures oh, here yeah. Yeah. on Tim & Friends. Yeah. And I'm slaving away over here. I've been on the Instagram. And it looks like Rubinoff's just walking
2: around St. George's. It's a beautiful day in Toronto. Gorgeous day. He's, he's been having a good time. He's, he's got said, the
1: aviators on. He looks like Phil Mickelson just jaunting all over this thing.
2: Him and associate producer Michael Torquia, they're walking around just really gallivanting around the grounds. Good having game. a good look at uh, Justin Thomas. He yeah. saw Rory McIlroy. Right. I, get it. I yeah. get it. All the stars are out for Rubinoff. And we're here.
1: Doing yeah. the show for the people. Yeah. Uh, I, I have been told though that we do have closed circuit TV of the moment that Jesse was told about this assignment at the Canadian Open of Golf. Can can, can we roll that footage, guys?
3: <laughs>
1: oh, look, <it's> moving up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is excited. Ruben Office. Oh my goodness. He is Jack. I've never seen him so excited. Oh look at that. I've never seen his hips move that way either. <laughs> yes. Those dance lessons we got, him really paying off. They really paid off. That was a very <laughs> smart investment by you, too. Yeah, well, yeah, I you, saw them
1: over there. You're just kind of doing this thing all the time, you know? This? Yeah, which is very dangerous to do on national it is. TV. Because yeah. you end up in gifts that you don't want to end up A whole in lot of gifts, get, yeah. When you do that motion. Yeah. Uh, so we paid for some dance lessons, and apparently <laughs> they paid off. Well, check in. With Jesse Rubinoff on this Ruby Thursday, we'll call
2: it. Very nice. See, that's good. That's why, again, you're the hardest worker on the show. Because you're coming up with names like that on the fly. I don't know if, I if I suck good. up to you enough, yeah. will you? can I hang out a little longer?
1: Of course. You're staying oh. for two hours. I can't do it without you, my friend. Fantastic. Uh, and maybe if Rubinoff gets more of these sweet plum gigs, he'll be in that chair more often. I'll be hanging out again. And Mickey McAuliffe kind of just rolls off it the It really yeah. works well. It does. <laughs> right. uh, drop by kind of day here. Kelly Rudy, Game 5. Rangers and Lightning, which you can see on Sportsnet. Justin Dunk, start of the CFL season. Kenny Smith on Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Our friend Donovan Bailey will sprint into the mix to discuss his ridiculously full plate at this juncture in time. And this is my final day of the week, as I have the Little Man's Baseball tournaments. In fact, I have baseball tournaments in each of the next two weekends, so I'm taking Friday off this week, I'm taking Friday off next week, and if I start tailing off late, understand, this is kind of sort of my Friday, but Mick, you can carry this ish, right? Uh,
2: yeah? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I'm ready. If you wanna hang out more, you gotta say that with a little, oh, more, sorry. little yeah. more confidence. Ask me one more time. A little more oomph. You can carry this ish, right?
2: Oh hell yeah. <laughs>
1: like hell it. yeah. I like it. All right. So we got uh Warriors in the ropes, Rangers seemingly beat up. Gabby Moreno on his way up to the big club, a bunch of golf, some dudes happy to be playing golf and not answering questions about being Saudi Stooges and oh yeah. <laughs> The kickoff to the Canadian Football League schedule tonight in Calgary. Sounds like a show. A show we kick off ourselves with first things first. So let's
2: drop the mitts. Alan Pitts. Wow. <laughs> first the the CFL Deep cut so on so Alan so. Pitts. A little CFL reference. My old it. man is going to be happy with that one. I
1: always thought Alan Pitts could make it in the NFL. Like He put up some ridiculous numbers in the CFL.
2: I'm going to have to take your word on that one. You don't remember him much? I know who he is, how, I can't say that. How old are you? Sorry. Born in 1989. 1989, yeah. the number. S- same year as Taylor Swift. You could, that's easy to remember. No, me, and T- me and T. Swizzle? Same year. Same year? 1989. Pretty much, pretty close to the same person as well. I was uh, going
1: into grade 9.
2: Oh yeah, and, how, and how, how was grade 9 for I you? I
1: believe my show Flash West just dropped, let your backbone slide.
2: And I've heard that is what it inspired all of Taylor Swift's music. That exact outfit.
1: Backbone slide, my show, fresh west. Yeah. Black tie affair. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, big time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, you
1: sound like you're trying to convince yourself there. I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah of course, so. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, 1989 okay i'll
1: keep that i'll keep that in mind when i make the references i I appreciate (laughs) it
2: uh i can easily convince you of this the celtics they took a 2-1 lead in the nba finals last night with a 116 100 win over the golden state warriors Jalen brown he led Boston with 27 points jason tatum not far behind 26 Mm -hmm. the warriors timmy they were favorites heading into the series uh do you think the celtics are the better team now though
1: It's funny you say that because yesterday I was convinced that this was a better team game. This was one of those games where home court doesn't play that huge a factor, where tied at one, usually just the better team wins. Mm -hmm. And when I left that game, I thought, I think the better team won. Like, there are things that jump out at you. And listen, uh, Boston's probably going to win this series because... (laughs) neither team has lost two games in a row in the playoffs which is impressive and if you play it out that yeah. way then that just means boston's gonna win in seven but the celtics are seven and zero after a loss the warriors are four and zero after a loss but there are a couple of things that we saw in this game that made like obviously the help for tatum brown he's been good most mm-hmm. of the playoffs but 27 points on 9-16 shooting which i think is relevant 4 of 8 shooting from 3, which I think is relevant. And Marcus Smart, 24 points on 8 of 17 shooting. They're the first trio with 25 and 5 in the NBA Finals since Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Cooper. woo, Back in 84 with the Showtime Lakers, when I just learned Kevin Mickey was minus 5 years <laughs> old. <laughs> which makes me feel a little bit old. But listen, th- there are things here that the Warriors can do but I thought they were the better team going into this series I thought they were the better team Mm -hmm. heading into game three and I came out of that game three looking at rebounding numbers looking at how much trouble the Warriors had with the size of the Celtics thinking you know what the Celtics just might be the better team and when Matt Bonner was on here last week, were you here when Matt Bonner was on with me, or was that yeah. Jesse? No, yeah. You were here? Yeah. 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 Um, he was convinced, having worked with MA Udoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, that the Celtics were the better team. And it kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And I disagreed with him, I disagreed with him, I disagreed with him, until I watched last night. Watch and look at the tape. And it appears as though Boston Celtics are just the better team. Now, does that mean they're going to win the series? Not always. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have Steph Curry on their side, but who knows what with the foot?
2: I was going to say. So they mentioned that Curry's latest is that he will be playing in game number four. It looks it looks likely, at least uh, from by by all accounts. You mentioned a big three for the Celtics coming through. Did the big three for the Warriors come through. Steph put up decent numbers. Who's who's your third? (laughs) When everybody thinks about it, (laughs) right? I mean, some people right now, you say, oh, Andrew Wiggins is the third. But you could also, when everybody traditionally thinks of the Warriors' big three, Draymond Green is your number three. And Draymond Green, he at the very least, is giving us a ton of talking points.
1: Oh my goodness, is he ever. And so is the Boston audience who got on him and uh, his wife didn't like it all that much. She went to Instagram to express her frustration. Uh, Draymond went to his podcast and didn't really care. Uh, He had two points on four attempts with four rebounds and three assists. He's got 15 points in the series. Now we saw in Game 2 that he can make a difference. We also saw in Game 3 that he could make a difference the other way. And he yeah. wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be that guy, if you're going to be that defender, you also have to rebound the basketball against a team that out-rebounded you by
2: 16. And to, to your point, the Celtics did a lot of their damage in the paint. They outscored Golden State 52-26. to 26. In the paint. And that is where Draymond, for the most part, is supposed to make hay. He's supposed to be able to be a disruptor down low. You hope that he's able to fight for rebounds, but right now he's not able to. No, and, and Robert
1: Williams, even injured, has been more valuable in this series. Uh, there are a number of people who have been more valuable. I I give Draymond credit because at least he's still trying to make an impact in the series, even though he's not putting up numbers. And I thought he did make an impact in Game 2. Yeah. But some of the things he was trying last night,
2: kind of, sort of, ridiculous. And that's why everyone got on him, I think. Is there something wrong with him? Listen to this staffer. This is from Kevin O'Connor. He tweeted this out. Okay. In the NBA Finals, Draymond Green is allowing 1.24 points per play when he's the direct defender, which is his worst of any playoff series since 13 14 Like, there's no foul on that play either. Like, he's
1: trying. Like, all Tatum <laughs> is boxing him out. Yeah. He's grabbing at the throat, at the arm. He's throwing him left, right, and center. Like.
2: And Tatum now apparently has a bad, or still has a bad shoulder. Right. And I think he knows that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what he's working
1: on, and eventually, do the referees not just start calling? Like, Draymond's been around for a long time. We all know what he's attempting to do here. Like, the referees are going to have enough eventually, right? Because he doesn't give them any leeway. He doesn't apologize when he goes over the top. He, till to the very end, he was jawing. Like those. I've said this before, and you were on the last time when people were suggesting that maybe someone was being treated like they were an actual human oh, okay, being yeah, yep. by an official i'm imploring the referees to start treating draymond green based on his past behavior cuz you know exactly what he's doing yep. he's pushing the envelope as far as he possibly can and they're kind of sort of letting him
2: get away with what we just saw don't it's it, if i mean you have kids i don't 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 touch that cookie Stay away from that cookie. You <laughs> Touch that cookie, there's going to be problems. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of that right now with the yeah, refs. Uh, Kenny Smith it? will be on later in the show where you can delve further into the Draymond conversation. But to hockey right now, game five of the Eastern Conference Final between the Lightning and the Rangers goes tonight at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. You can see it on Sportsnet starting with Hockey Central, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. Rangers forwards, Philip Hedel, Ryan Strome, They are GTD, Game Time Decisions, New York. They've already played two seven game series in this postseason, Are they headed for a third straight to me. The statistics
1: would uh, suggest so they're eight and one at home in the postseason only loss was a triple overtime loss to the penguins at Mm. home they've won eight straight at that world's most famous arena is that true by the way still is that still the world's most famous i think that's
2: it's a lot of they've spoke that into existence at this point
1: i i would probably agree with it though it is the mecca of basketball and a pretty darn good rink too
2: it's a a cool arena
1: i've been and it's awesome they still have the circus
2: there uh i believe so but i believe uh barnaby and bros leave the elephants behind now tough to get them up the freight elevator from what i've heard it's a lot of information. It's yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, they're two and seven on I'm, the road. Which I'm, I'm filled s- with great information. Which would suggest to you that they would win at home, yeah, and that they would lose in the road, and we would get a seven-game series. But the mention of injuries that you brought up there, and the GTDs, the game time decisions for the Rangers worries me a little bit. They're going to need Shosturkin here to steal. Hedel is not 100 percent even if he plays. Strome not 100 percent even if he plays. Read through some of the local broadcasters, some of the local beat writers. You might get Barkley Gaudreau's name in there among those who may be the walking wounded. Ryan Lindgren may be among those who are the walking wounded. And if Andre Vasilevsky keeps this going, as he did against the Toronto Maple Leafs, started slow against the Leafs, yep. right? And yep. then got hot and carried that through an entire series against the Florida Panthers. In games one and two, Vasilevsky had a 4-6-0 goals against, eight-fifty-five save percentage on the road at MSG in this series. Games three and four, big difference. Mm-hmm. And once he gets going, Big Cat hard to stop. To me, that suggests that Tampa has found something. Somehow, once again, down 2 nothing in the series, down 2 nothing in game three, they have turned it on. And if those injuries on the Rangers are real, I, can you see a way that the Rangers, because listen, it- Let's be honest, they got yeah. kind of lucky to get here, right?
2: I don't know if it's luck, but th- I mean, they certainly played their way into the position to be able to give them luck. They're good enough to receive luck. Gotta be lucky to be good? How yeah. about that? That makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take that. But they did get, listen, and I took some heat when they took a 2-0 seriously because I said that they were lucky to get here mm-hmm. because they had faced a, a first-string goalie in one game yeah, in yeah. their first two rounds. Now, that's not saying they're not a good team. What it is saying is you haven't faced the opponent's
2: best. Yep. And, and now, now, I mean, this is the best of the best right. at this point. Wow, well, Braden Point, and still not back. Braden Point, they, they keep saying, like, not today. John Cooper comes out and says, uh, not today, folks. Uh, right. Not today, folks. Uh, it was suggested, I was listening to the Jeff Merrick show on the Sportsnet Radio Network today, that he said that they're As not. As we all do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And Merrick, great yeah. guy. Yeah. Got to listen. And, 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 and I subscribe. Fantastic. Right. I also subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That's mm-hmm. what I've heard. Right. It's suggested that Point won't play until they really need him at this point. Right. Point won't play until they need him at this point. This point.
1: Yeah. I got your point.
2: Thank, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a point that I'm trying to get out there. I understand. Point to you. Next point is that <laughs> Kelly Rudy
1: will be on the show later. <laughs> uh, listen, they, they, the New York Rangers, and let me set the record straight for those who just saw the clip that we chopped up. I said, they're here. shusterkin has been really good since basically the first four games of the postseason. Yeah. Really, really good. And he could steal this. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what they're going to lean on here. I didn't say they were a bad team. I didn't say they didn't deserve it. I said they got lucky to not face the best in the first two teams that they faced. And they went seven games against both yeah. of those teams. Yeah. So some could suggest that had they faced the best, they might have already been out of the postseason. But they're here, they've earned it, and Shesterkin can steal it again. He's that kind of goalie. Uh, By the way, at home, in these eight wins, 940 save percentage.
2: So he's good. Is Vasilevsky better? They're going to need all of that from Shesterkin and more this evening. Like I mentioned, Kelly Rudy later on in the show, he'll help break that down. Uh, To baseball now, though. According to reports, the Blue Jays are set to call up top prospect catcher Gabriel Moreno. From AAA Buffalo, the Jays off today. They open a weekend set in Detroit tomorrow. Moreno, he's expected to be activated at some point during the three-game series, not sure when. Moreno has been on the radar of hardcore Jays fans for quite some time now. The casual fan, Timmy, what are we all so excited about here? Number
1: five prospect, Baseball America. Number four prospect, all of the land, not just Jays, All of the land, number five prospect, Baseball America, number four prospect, MLB Pipeline, and basically that's been in the last year. He shot up these rankings. He was the second youngest catcher in all of AAA. He had the third best average of any catcher in AAA, and if you look at the numbers, this isn't a, hey, let's bring the hot prospect up because Danny Jansen got hurt. This is, that hot prospect earned his way up. 324, 380, 404 are the slashes this year. In his 18 games in May, those numbers are 380, 443, 479. Ridiculous. And he plays some defense. The kid is 22 years old, although let it be known Alejandro Kirk is only 23 years old and played just high A ball. But... This is the next one, and they're going to give the next one a little taste of the big leagues here. While Jansen is hurt because he has earned it, and a lot of people think that he could
2: be one of the next ones on this team. Heck of a story for Moreno, too. Just signed for just $25,000 yeah. in August of 2016 out of Venezuela. Uh, didn't play baseball for a few years and is when he first started going because he had to try and help his family make ends meet. Really interesting story. Kiki Matheson, Julie Cruz of MLB.com covering that. Um,
1: we'll tweak that out. Why don't we throw that up on our at Tim and
2: Friends? Because yeah. I read the same
1: column as it's, well. It was, it's a fantastic read. Yeah, run. it yeah, yeah, kind of gives you the background run. on the guys. And it's just another homegrown player for this Jays team that when Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro took over, said they were going to build a viable farm system. And Ben Nicholson-Smith tweeting uh, earlier today, 2018, they called up Guriel and Jansen. 2019, Vladdy, Bo, Biggio, and Romano. 2020, Espinal and Kirk. 2021, Manoa. And now, 2022, Gabriel Marengo.
2: An embarrassment of riches. And all of them homegrown. Yeah. Not traded for... Homegrown. And speaking of homegrown, there mm-hmm. is a glut of catchers now that are top-tier homegrown. Yes. There's a lot of people saying, take advantage of your surplus, deal from a position of strength. What, 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 do, you, what do you think the Jays should do here? Should they hang on to everybody? Should they I deal one of these catchers? It's so
1: hard to play three catchers. Listen, if, if you know Mourinho's makeup and you understand that he would go down and be okay with it, Maybe you could stash him down there for a little bit longer and then bring him along a little bit slower. But Alejandro Kirk looks like he is a legitimate professional hitter. Mm -hmm. Danny Jansen, when healthy, looks like he could be a legitimate professional hitter after, after a couple of years. Those are three really valuable pieces at a spot that has become very valuable in Major League Baseball. I can't help but think that the Jays have to examine what they might be able to get for one of these three guys. and. The pitchers love Danny Jansen.
2: Yeah, that's a great I was good I was gonna make that point. The pitchers love working with Jansen. <laughs> I love it, how you said. That's a great point because you were going to make it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's really smart because I also thought it. <laughs> <Yes>. And whenever <laughs> I think something, it's gotta be which smart. Which is basically how people watch the show, regardless. That's basically how anyone uses Twitter. Oh, yeah. this guy said something? I was also gonna say that. Yeah. Like smart, me too. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but it doesn't like like
1: Adley Retchman was the number one prospect in all of baseball. And at last check, and I pulled this up just before the show, he's batting 146 on the year with a 230 on base percentage, and he's had a significant amount of at-bat. So this doesn't just always Mm -hmm. completely and utterly click. Um, So be careful before you start saying we're going to deal the guy, right? But there is a glut of catchers, and if you want to add some depth somewhere, maybe bullpen, serious bullpen piece. Maybe a starter as well. <laughs> maybe a starter as well. Uh, then maybe one <laughs> maybe, of these Maybe guys. a left-handed bat off the bench, too. <laughs> you, could, you might be able to get both Yeah. with one of these guys. That's how valuable
2: they've become. So, yes, maybe that's there. And if another injury occurs... It's nice to have all this depth all of a sudden because you say right. and Zach Collins even, is also a nice little piece to have just tuck, tucked away. Poor Zach Collins. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have? A double and a home run, and everyone's jacked that
1: there's a new kid coming up. Like, and you can Great de- job, champ. Hit the showers. <laughs> yeah. you cannot DH all these guys. No, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we got a break because we got a bunch of guests coming up. Uh, Kevin, Good Mickey's guests. along the entire show. One of our guests is Jesse Rubina. Plum Plumgate man. I get it. Kenny Smith and the NBA, Kenny the Jet Smith on the NBA Finals and uh, sharing the screen with Adam Sandler. Yes, his new movie came out. Kelly Rudy had a game five in the Eastern Conference Final. Canadian legend Donovan Bailey popped by. Ruby from the Canadian Open. And after the break, CFL is back. Regular season kicks off tonight. Justin Dunk, in studio, right here on Tim & Friends.
2: Look at
4: the Warrior team. They're just comparatively so small and less athletic than Boston. Boston Celtics take Game Three. They're two wins
1: away from a title. Life
3: is good. Life is good. Life
1: <laughs> hey man, hey man, you enjoy life that is good. life? Is good.
3: I like it. I like Nickelback. Uh, <laughs> the entire game, I got these songs in my head. I can't stop singing. And the next guy comes up, and it's always like the last guy of the inning. But it was neat for a while.
5: Is there any way you wouldn't play
6: on a moral basis if the money was right? Is there any way you wouldn't play? I don't even smile that question. Sorry? I don't need to answer that question.
4: Time for the great cup, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, The Hamilton Tiger Cats. Dramatic finish
3: here at Tim Hortons Field. Up on a little overtime. best before the CFL was put on hold and the Blue Bombers are the best now back to back Winnipeg Grey Cup champions.
1: Bombers made it two in a row last year as the Grey Cup returned after the one year pandemic hiatus. New season kicks off tonight. Week one gets underway. Stamps host the Owls and the Curtain Razor Bombers host the Red Blacks tomorrow then Saturday. cats facing the Rough Riders followed by the Elks and the Lions with the CFL season upon us. There is only one way to bring in that season, and that is with our friend Justin Dunk of 3 Down Nation to talk a little CFL here on Tim. Are we, are we still calling it Dink and Dunk? Because I am not Dunk. <laughs> are you okay with Dink? Yeah, I mean... What the I feel hell? like that other guy that used to be here was more of a Dink <laughs> than <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, I'm not making any comments. <laughs> But I know I'm not dunk, so I've got to be dink in this case. Uh, any lingering effects as we move into the season from the CBA, the negotiations, the back and forth, uh, the union? Because, you know, there was something that was agreed upon and then not ratified. Is there, are there anything that
7: we need to keep an eye on throughout the season? It was testy behind the scenes, but I think overall it's a positive for the league, right? we got a five-year agreement essentially because there's an out if they sign a new broadcast agreement with the three-letter, you know, somebody else. Or beyond. Yes, exactly. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> yeah. So I think right now they're in a good spot in terms of labor peace. But what really came out of that for me is the league office and the people negotiating on the CFL side mm. wanting to get rid of the Canadian ratio. That is just burned in the back of my mind, to me. I mean, getting rid of the Canadian ratio or limiting the amount
1: of Canadians in the ratio. Like, they wanted
7: to get rid of it. They wanted to get in rid of proposal, it. In their proposal, they wanted the ratio gone. And for the people that don't know, you got to start seven Canadians on your roster. Mm-hmm. They wanted it gone. I don't understand that. Me neither. You have the most amount of arguably stars playing in the NFL right now, Chase Claypool, one of them. Yeah. And Canadians. the most amount of Canadians playing in the NCAA, John Metchew starred for the University of Alabama, won a national title there. U-sports has never been better, Canadian University football, and you want to take away the amount of Canadians in the CFL. But I've
1: just never understood, like, what is the CFL if it's not Canadian? That's what it's called,
7: the Canadian
1: (laughs) Football League. Exactly. So does some of this happen? Listen, Larry Tannenbaum spoke about the CFL. It's the first time we've really heard anything from MLSE on the CFL. And he said, you know, he thinks there may be problems um, that the Western teams outside of BC don't really agree with when it comes to those problems. That's kind of an interesting debate and interesting hearing from Tannenbaum and maybe a little bit of MLSE. Full disclosure, Rodgers has a stake in MLSE, though Larry Tannenbaum has nothing to do with Rodgers sports yeah, and
7: Sportsnet. Yeah, some people should know that. I think yeah. that's an important caveat. But in my mind, what Tannenbaum is trying to do here is create some change in the league. He alluded to the Raptors and of course the and TSC and how they've created FURTHER VALUATION FOR THOSE TEAMS. HUNDREDS OF MILLIONS IF NOT BILLIONS WAS WHAT HE WAS TALKING ABOUT. AND THE CFL HAS STAYED FAIRLY FLAT. IF THERE WAS SUBSTANTIAL NEW REVENUE, THE CFL WOULD BE TRUMPETING THAT FAR AND WIDE. SO HE WANTS TO CHANGE THAT. HE CLEARLY HAS IDEAS, BUT HE'S NOT GETTING HIS WAY. SO HE GOES INTO THE PUBLIC. HE'S A GUY THAT DOESN'T TALK VERY MUCH. I'VE ASKED TO INTERVIEW HIM MULTIPLE TIMES ABOUT THE CFL AND BEEN TURNED DOWN. I'M SURE THE SAME HAS HAPPENED FOR YOU. SO, I MEAN, I, I GUESS THE QUESTION HERE IS, If
1: he thinks the big cities are struggling, and they have, Montreal, Toronto, and B.C., but B.C. all of a sudden sold out their lower bowl, Mm -hmm. have open seats in the upper bowl, and the Argos are averaging 8,000, is it maybe, hey, go and fix what you've got first, and then we can fix the rest? Or, like, let's be honest here, the whole league needs help. It Otherwise, does. they wouldn't have been talking about a merger with the XFL.
7: That's right. And that's fair. But look at what Amar Demond, the new owner of the BC Lions, has done. Invested in that team. Actually spent some money in marketing dollars. Right. And as you said, now they're opening up the upper bowl in BC play. So I think that's valid. If you're the other teams in the CFL, you're going to say, hey, Larry T., we know you won an NBA title. That's all fine, well, and good. But help us out. Help out our league. Right. Put bums in your seats in Toronto. Make it cool like you've done for the other teams. Do you think they call him Larry T.? I hope so. Mr. Tandem. I (laughs) hope they call him Larry T.
1: Hey, Larry T. Hey. Come on. Put some asses in the seats. Uh, Game one, Al Stamps tonight. What's the status of uh, the legend that is Bo Bo Levi Mitchell heading into 2022?
7: Well, he's going with that old athlete cliche saying he's never felt better in his career, Timmy. And I love me some Bo Levi Mitchell and how cocky he's been over the years. But that's impossible. He had a broken leg last year. The year before, the season before in 2019, he had his shoulder ripped apart. I'm never certain that he's going to be the same. I just don't think that's possible with the wear and tear on his body. But he's rededicated himself. Feels like he's at 100% in terms of where his body is now, you know, getting closer to his mid-30s. I got a pretty good backup there if it doesn't work out, though. Ooh, Jake Mayer. And I've said this a couple places, man, but people are hating on me for it. To me, it's just the facts. You taught me this a long time ago. Fact. Spit the The facts. Jake Mayer. <laughs> Has outplayed Bolevi Mitchell last season and in this preseason. That's what the stats say. So they got a great guy to go to if Bolevi Mitchell falters. Uh, Riders are hosting the Grey Cup this year. What's the chances they play at home? It is an immense amount of pressure on Cody Fajardo because, of course, what happened last time to me? Darien Durant, 2013 Leeds Riders to Grey Cup. So everyone in Rider Nation thinks that it's going to happen again, but it ain't that easy. And until Fajardo realizes this pressure and relishes it, I'm not so sure that he's ready for it, to be quite honest. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's ever been in a pressure cooker like this. He's had some comments last year in terms of dealing with social media and some of the criticism last year. I think he's got to be better from the pocket for the Riders to get it done at home. With a former Canadian quarterback in studio,
1: I love that we're talking quarterbacks, but... We can also talk Canadian quarterbacks this time. Let's around. go, What's Timmy. What's going on, Justin? Oh, my Dunk, Former
7: OUA All-Star. It's about team time. <laughs> I've been preaching to you this for years, my man. It's also about team, by the way. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. Team. You can't spell I in team or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, something, something like, like that. I got you. Nathan Rourke starts the season for the BC Lions, a great storyline. And honestly, on 3Down, anything we write about Rourke or Canadian quarterbacks goes bonkers. The people clearly want to see it. Yeah, that's definitely the case. you got to keep an eye on this guy. He was a star at Ohio University in the NCAA, won a couple bowl games there, put up some gaudy numbers, passing and running. And then, oh, by the way, his backup, Michael O'Connor, played in U-Sports at the University of British Columbia. And Trey Ford, man, I'm salivating at this dude. He should be in the NFL. In my mind, Timmy, the only reason he's not is because he has the U-Sports label on him. But I believe when he gets on the field, we're going to see a dynamic athlete. And Chris Jones doesn't pick players in the first round if he doesn't plan on playing them early in their careers. He ran a 4 40-yard dash, almost vertical jump 40 inches. That's elite athleticism. He was the best quarterback in terms of athleticism, not just in the CFL draft class for my money, in the NFL draft class. Better than Desmond Ritter of the University of Cincinnati who went in the second round. This is
1: an interesting one because uh, you mentioned, and I think there's people out there and I worked a lot in U Sports and you played in U Sports that they're that the, the, the offenses that are run in U-sports aren't as, that people who played U-sports aren't as far along as they are maybe playing at Ohio or playing at Ohio State, right? Like, that there's a difference here. And obviously there is, but you and I have seen enough high pedigree, high pick, high Heisman vote quarterbacks come up here and fall flat on their face, like, Isn't the knowledge of the game, like Canadian game, also mean something? Like, I know we got a. Don't we have enough Canadian coaches
7: around to know that? Yeah, I think we should by now. It's critical. And here's an example. You said Ohio State. Cardell Jones was in Edmonton Elks training camp for about long enough to have a cup of coffee and be right. gone. Right. Meanwhile, Trey Ford's still there. Obviously, the Elks invested a first-round pick, but I think that in and of itself, a direct comparison shows you that Ford playing the Canadian game should help him yeah, out. but
1: here's, here's what scares me, and it's the athleticism of Trey Ford that might come and bite him in the ass because Chris Jones will go, all right, listen, we're not playing yet quarterback, but do you want to play DB? I get where or you're coming you, from with that. Or do you
7: want to run some plays as a wildcat? <laughs> like, and we'll be right back in the same spot. It's going to happen, I think, early in the season. Yeah. But why I think it's different is because Chris Jones likes to be unique. Yeah. right? I think if he is the guy, you know, outside of Nathan Rourke, yeah. to get a Canadian quarterback and win a great cup with him, everyone in the country is going to love him. There's right. a lot of people that hate him. So <laughs> I think we might, we might see Trey Ford in a package situation to start this season. But also, he was trying to trade Nick Arbuckle the entire offseason, and that's the guy he's going with in his first game. So he doesn't love his quarterbacks there. Right. I think he picked Ford in the first round for more than being a gadget guy. Right. I, I, I will be watching as will many. Appreciate you, my dude. It's
1: been way yes, too sir. long. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is Justin Dunn, you can find his stuff, Three Down Nation and beyond. All right, time for a break. When we come back, we'll get the highlights of round one of the RBC Canadian Open, plus the first ever Live Golf event. As they get more and more pissed off at each other, we'll explain it all next. Plus, Jesse Rubinoff? And his field trip gonna check in what what's happening here is that a zamboni who let him on there oops get off the zamboni
2: Bruce, please
1: it is a big day in the world of golf my friends that's right first round canadian open underway at st george's in Toronto while the first ever Live Golf event began this morning just outside of London, England. Meanwhile, the back and forth between the two entities continued. It started with PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan spending, suspending excuse me, the 17 current and former Tour members who are competing. In the Live Golf Invitational, saying that any other golfers that compete in future Live Golf events would face the exact same punishment. The suspended players will be ineligible to compete in any PGA sanctioned event, including President's Cup, but they will be eligible for majors. Now, Live Golf responded, clap back, fired back, clap back, clap back, as Mickey said, with this statement. Today's announcement by the PGA Tour is vindictive and it deepens the divide between the tour and its members. It's troubling that the tour an organization dedicated to creating opportunities for golfers to play the game is the entity blocking players from playing. This is certainly not the last word on the topic. The era of free agency is beginning as we are proud to have a full field of players joining us in London and beyond.
2: And a little. Shots fired. Big time. Oh, yeah, you won't let us play? Well, how about some of this?
1: We knew that was going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, big time. All right, so let's look at the highlights from both. We'll start in our home and native land. After two years of COVID cancellations, RBC Canadian Open returns St. George's in Etobicoke. We're back. We start with the defending champ, Roy McIlroy, from the rough Par 5 They're saying that they're rough, really tough. Uh, We'll talk to Jesse Rubinoff about it in a second. Nice recovery, finds the green, sets up a birdie putt, and Rory, knock it down, moves him to one under par. Now, they're starting on the back nine, McElroy, par 3-8. This from another area code. Hard. 9.05 to 4.16. Sweepers do their job. Another Maestro Fresh whistle. right?
2: Yeah, Taylor Swift knows it.
1: Shot of 4 under 66. <laughs> Here's Hamilton's Mackenzie Hughes. T-Shot sticks it right up and close. Is he actually Dundas,
2: Hanson Hughes? Dundas, Ontario.
1: Yeah. Hamilton, Dundas, they're right near each other, but people in Dundas would be pissed off. Uh, Just as (laughs) we said that Roger Sloan was from Calgary, but he grew up in B.C. and went to UTEP. Either way, he also four under par. He settles for par, sticking it up nice and close. Here's Corey Connors. He's really good, but didn't have a really good day. Second shot a good one. Found the green, leads to a birdie, shot a 1 over 71, and we go to the hockey theme 16 as we live up to the stereotype, It's <laughs> just world number one, Scotty Scheffler, from off the green, Masters champ, gets some sweepers on it if we're going to stay stereotypical. Oh
2: yeah, bud. And he gets it in the hole, eh? Knock her down there, eh, bud? Like it rolls right in the hole. Oh boy, here we go now, yeah. Holy cow, like what a shot. I mean, Scotty
1: Scheffler Absolute. might as well be Canadian, eh? Absolutely, that, tune that one, eh? That's a Canadian name oh, right yeah, there. Man. If I ever heard one, Scotty Scheffler. Let's go to England and let's do. I won't do the accent. It's turning, it's turning a little Irish. If Did so. it turn Irish? <laughs> hey, let's go and watch some golf. Yeah, Why not? All right. So the PGA Tour players, jumping, contracts worth like a hundred million dollars, including Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson, who looks wonderful, doesn't he? he looks like something players competing individually and as teams in a shotgun format teams of four par four sixth, johnson captaining the four aces squad they have their own logos dude did you know that the four aces love them par four tenth after he made a birdie johnson from off the green uphill finishing one under par here's lefty part of the hy flyers (laughs) The High Flyers? What the hell are we doing here? He also finished at one under par. He sinks the long birdie putt. Here's Charles Schwartzel representing Stinger GC. Nice t-shirt. This isn't going to keep going, is it? The whole nicknames and logos thing? Yeah, we have the Fireballs as well. Who's, sorry? Fireballs. I once had that, it, was, it wasn't And never mind. Uh, his team also led nine under par after day one. So that's who you have uh, Charles Schwartzel finishing 5-under and the individual lead. Like, even doing the highlights makes it difficult because do you show a leaderboard of the team yeah. leaders yeah. and the individual leaders? Or do you even care about who's leading the team event?
2: So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody can, but do they? I heard that they're drafting. Redrafting. Diff, they redraft every week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. So you keep your one team because it's almost like Formula One in that in that regard, where you have your same team throughout um, the entire season, and then you can play f- for your team almost. Almost, yeah, I agree. But I guess they think that having like the fantasy draft
3: well, every week yeah. would give
1: a little bit of excitement. But I'm with you. How do you follow a do, team yeah, if do, the
2: team changes every week? What, what if I want to cheer on the Niblicks, the Hotballs? What do they call? <laughs> uh, if that's a new name,
1: perhaps, no, for I the thought, future. Wait, wait, Fireballs. Fireballs. Yeah. Not hotballs. All right. Speaking of, never mind. He's wearing a sweater. <laughs> but Jesse Rubinock <laughs> joins us from St. George's at the Canadian Open. And he's already dancing. I mean, he he only, misses yeah. so much. the boys.
5: What's going on, Rubs? Having the time of his life. Oh, look at as this. You can see behind me, we have St. George's Country Club. Uh, we are having a phenomenal time out here. Tim, I got to say, uh, I know you as a. A connected fellow, mm-hmm. you have to find a way to get me, you, and Kev, and whoever you want to bring as a fourth. We got to get out here because it is spectacular. They have done a magnificent job putting this tournament together, and I think you know we deserve to be out here once this tournament is done. So I'm gonna let you get to that. I saw I saw on uh, <laughs> Instagram Live,
1: uh, Jesse Rubinoff had commanded yeah. the At Tim and Friends account on Instagram Live. And I already saw you begging to get on this course. Is it that nice? I know, listen, St. George's has one of the greatest reputations of any course in the country. Yeah. Uh, is it that nice being up there
5: close and personal? Like, it's better than Glad Abbey, right? Yeah, it is. And we asked uh, a couple people what their bucket list golf courses were, just a couple of the spectators here. Yeah. And a couple of them actually said this course. Right. Which... You can say Augusta, you can say Pebble Beach. There's a million and a half options of golf courses that you would want to play. And for people to say this golf course, I thought said something pretty significant. And I will say about the golf course, uh, they did a pretty good job of setting this thing up. The scores haven't been too, too low. And we've seen guys like Cam Smith struggle. I know Scotty had that nice chip in on 16, which is just uh, over there a little bit. You can't see it, but uh, just a couple hundred yards over. And we heard a magnificent uh, roar once Scotty put that in. But the rough is thick. I've seen a couple guys have some serious trouble uh, having to lay up, coming out of the rough. So they did an excellent job, and it is perfect conditions
1: Jimmy right. me. Cabot st george's and the national for me if anyone wants yeah. to weigh those in are, rank- are
5: those the rankings oh yeah
1: yeah if anyone yeah. else wants to weigh that in hit me up uh, at tim and friends but for me cabot st george's and the national are three courses that i would
5: really for really you. like yeah, to that play. Makes it put that out there so people can reach out that makes sense no, that's a- <laughs> yeah that's really smart yeah. without <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: actually begging <laughs> uh, all right some excitement Let's around tweet the, it out.
5: some, some excitement <laughs> around the return though jesse like did it feel i mean this has been a while right that's just it, Timmy. Uh, we showed up, and there was just a, a buzz here that you, you haven't gotten. It's been since 2019 uh, back in Hamilton when Rory McIlroy ran oh, away Hamilton's with that golf America, tournament. Yeah. And it it was a crazy environment when Rory won that tournament. You remember, he was uh, waving the hockey jerseys, and the fans were going crazy. And then the momentum just stopped, right? There were no golf tournaments for two years. So now to ha- have everything back here, uh, it feels like they've pulled out all the stops there's obviously a massive Canadian contingent yeah. 20 Canadians in the field uh, so you, that's what you want to see you want to see the the golf fans being able to get back on the course and enjoying it and I am enjoying it I you know thank golf it's Friday you know I love golf and I'm walking around the people are smiling they're having a great time people are uh, kicking back some drinks and they're having an amazing time out here uh, 16th hole
1: living up to stereotypes or a hell of a lot of fun or both <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's, it's both. It's yeah. both. So they have the board set up at the 16th. So uh, you got to be quiet, obviously, when they're teeing off. So it's not quite like the waste management open, but as soon as the players tee off, you can tee off on the boards and make as much noise as you want. And then around the green area, there's more of a gallery uh, set up with grandstands. And you heard it with the Scotty Chip. They made a lot of noise on that one, too. So uh, you have the Zamboni. Mm-hmm. you have a rink that's kind of painted on the ground there and you have the boards so it's a golf course but get you out of have the way <laughs> as a car look out car alarm get we out of the way players driving by all day one of the coolest aspects about Zamboni. this is that the, the no it wasn't the Zamboni <laughs> that's just a, an Audi or something or maybe a BMW yeah. but we have the players are just they're just like you wouldn't know. You wouldn't be able to separate them from the media. They're just driving around or walking in, and you could just be bumping into players, and you wouldn't even oh, notice. Shot, so it's yeah. a, it's just a, a cool experience. Yeah, I yeah, hear you, big shot. Course. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know your job. That's about. why
1: I wear the sweater. You know? Any yeah. uh any, any live talk <laughs> out there, Jesse?
5: Yeah, so we we asked uh, part of the questions that we asked the spectators. Oh, you're uh, working was about live golf. And oh, nice. Y- uh, yeah, we're yeah. You know, we're working. Yeah, okay. now, y- y- I heard you. I heard you say that I was on a field trip. No, I got that. They did drive us <laughs> on a school bus from the parking lot here. So it is ha- okay. does have a little bit of that field trip <laughs> nice. uh, feel. Back but we were school. asking, we're, we yeah. were asking about uh, live golf, and most people are taking a wait and see approach, which I found to be pretty. Uh, interesting because there were some people that were following along with the, the broadcast that they believe is on YouTube earlier today and they think that if Live Golf can incorporate some cool new features into the way that golf is consumed by the consumer, then maybe the PGA Tour can take note yeah. and incorporate those things into PGA Tour to make, to make both really a better product for the viewer because ultimately that's, that's what we all want is we want to watch golf and right. want it to be entertaining. And so that's basically the majority of the people. That's what they had to say.
1: Yeah, people ripped the XFL, and then they realized, oh, crap, they're actually going to help us here with some camera angles and some new things that's that exactly might actually right. work. And Very maybe fun. you could see the same exactly. thing with the lift go. All right, so the field trip ends today. You're back tomorrow with a piece mm-hmm. for Thank Golf. It's Friday. And, and I've heard we've got a sponsor in Golf Town. Yeah, I mean... are big time stuff. Thank you, Golf Town. You are big time. Thank you, you got Golf a, Town. You have a sponsored we are segment. Committed. You are at St. George's and you are doing work. Thanks for this, homie.
5: Thank you, Timmy. Thanks, Cav. Appreciate Thanks you Rubes.
1: guys. There is uh, Ruby Thursday, as it were. Rubinoff. living will vida loca over there. Say, so
2: he is having. A, he's having a great time. Oh, he is having a
1: great time. Uh, on the other side, Kenny the Jet Smith will join us. NBA Finals, three games in, Steph, hurt. Draymond screaming and yelling, are the Celtics too good for the Warriors? We'll discuss. Kenny, next. Tim and Friends, time for Tim and
0: Friends, Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends, time for
1: Tim and Friends, Tim And now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Chief Dogs. Back here, hour number two. Tim and friends, full hour everywhere. Kenny Smith and mere moments on the NBA Finals. Donovan Bailey, one of the greatest Canadian athletes of all time, is coming on because he's Donovan Bailey and Kelly Rudy, because he's Kelly Rudy and Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Final. That's right, kids. Lightning of one two straight to even the series as it shifts back to Madison Square Garden in New York. You can see it on Sportsnet starting at Hockey Central, 7.30 Eastern time, 4.30 on the West side. Rangers have been great on home ice throughout the playoffs, eight and one record, eight straight wins, but Ryan Strom, Filipito, both listed as game time decisions while Braden Point remains out for the Lightning. The home team has won each of the four games so far in the series and John Cooper knows his team must buck the trend
6: have to win on the road that's the bottom line uh and so
4: we have an opportunity tonight uh to do that but it's going to be it's going to take everything we have uh and probably more to be able to get through and, and win a game on the road and so um a challenge that this team has they've risen to the occasion in in times like this uh but it it it's going to take everything from everyone all on the same page to, uh,
7: to have success tonight.
4: First finals game here at the TD Gardens. It's June 13th, 2010. Here we go for game three. Tatum to Brown. Brown the clutch Timeout Golden State. The lead's a dozen. Curry, long three-pointer. It's good. And the foul. Steph Curry with a chance for a four-point play. And the lead is cut to six. Grant Williams back up and lays it in. Timeout Golden State. 13th offensive rebound for the Boston Celtics. I just look at the Warrior team. They're just comparatively so small, less athletic than Boston. And their stars played like stars. Boston Celtics take game three. They're two wins away from a title.
1: That's right, Mr. Brain. The series has shifted in Boston's favor. C's leading 2-1, and we'll get into all of it with one of the absolute best analysts on planet Earth and movie star Kenny the Jet Smith, starring in Hustle on Netflix right now. He joins me. What's up, Denz? I mean, Kenny. What's, what's up, Kenny? How you doing, man?
3: I, I will say this, man. It's been a hell of a year. I mean, we won an Emmy for TNT, and now after one day, I'm on the number one streaming movie <laughs> on Netflix. Like, are you kidding me? What kind of year is this, brother? And <laughs> it, it only gets better. I, I'm, you know, you know, it's you know making me nervous. What's that? People say congratulations to me, and I'm not sure what they're talking
1: about. <laughs> <laughs> that is a flex right there. <laughs> that is almost as nice as the flex of when you drop the top on the Bentley here on the show. I've seen some. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some reviews, homie. Like you and Hernan Gomez getting good reviews. Like hoop fans liked it. it. Does it feel like there is more acting in the future of one Kenny the Jet Smith?
3: If you would have told me asked me that question when I first started. I was like, hell no. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. But one, I didn't know the the length of the role that I would be in this. And i am honestly been getting calls already, which kind of made me nervous. I was like, man, like, I, I, I had no aspiration for that. So if it's with Adam Sandler, he spoiled me. Though, I'm not going to lie. He, his sets <laughs> are, like, top notch. So if it's nothing comparable to being <laughs> with him, I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I've
1: heard podcasts talking about how he makes it like it's just his friends.
3: But that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, and you become part of his family and you become, he becomes part of yours. Like after the first, you know, three, four days there, he's like, oh, you come into the set, Kenny, bring your whole family. Like, all right, bring everybody. And then I'm meeting his mom, his, everyone's oh, there awesome. on the set. It's a, it's a great environment. But it's, a, it's work. It's a lot of hard work, but it was a lot of fun. Lot okay. of fun. Number one, streaming on Netflix. Uh,
1: one, one more again. But not your first red carpet, but your first as a star of the movie. Was that any different as Leon Rich?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you come down the carpet, you know, like you said, you, you look at that picture you're with LeBron, you with Adam. Queen Latifah's right behind there. You got, you know. Everyone you can imagine in Hollywood is is at this event. That's not even in the movie. So uh, you know, I just I just soaked it all up, man. You know, I just soaked it all up. I'm like, yeah, I had to, those are the boys. Me and my boys, we have going awesome. to the premiere. We're all swagged out, ready to go. <laughs>
1: uh, that's awesome. Uh, don't forget us when you're big. T- oh, you're already big time. What the hell am I talking about? All right. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about the game last night. And, and maybe kind of what surrounded it, because I can't believe how much talk there is about the fans. Like, I'm not acting like TD Garden is full of saints by any stretch. But this focus on the fans, aren't there folks in every arena? Or was this different?
3: Well, there's even fans in this weight room that I'm in. So you walk by. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I just think that in the NBA Finals, the third element is the crowd. Right. That's why you have home court advantage. Like what is she why is anyone surprised that the third element, the fans, are part of this, you know, project, so to speak. You know, when we played in an NBA finals against the New York Knicks, you're telling me that the Knicks fans are not part of this this the script of this right. episode? Of course not. So, you know, Boston fans are, they run deep and you don't play against the Celtics. You play against the Celtics ghost of the past as well. Right. So like you're gonna talk you're gonna see Cedric Maxwell. Bill Walton.
1: Don't Paul talk Pierce. about Paul Pierce like, like that. everyone come in
3: <laughs> everyone's coming in everyone's coming in and it's it, it's all about everyone you don't you know it certain franchises you just don't play against the team you play against the city and the ghost of the past and this is one of them.
1: What do you make of Draymond's impact on the game like I, I saw a tweet of him manhandling Tatum on the free throw line I thought to myself like the refs aren't going to put up with this much longer and I know he's done it for a long time. But he's constantly pushing the envelope. But eventually, do the refs draw the line on him?
3: Well, I think that he, he only knows one play and one way to play. And, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a saying in sports if you file every play, then the referees won't call it every play. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> and, and so he just is physical every play where he's a 50 50 call every play. So, of course, they're not going to call every basketball player. And then they start saying, well, if it's not affecting the game, we're going to let it go. And and so, but he he wants to create a a thing of physicality. I don't think he did that in last game, in game three. I did think he did it in game two. But in game three, I don't think he actually put a physical presence to the game where it made you go, wow, that's a big difference. And that helped them in this instance.
1: A friend of the show, Chris Haynes, saying Steph didn't have much of a limp walking into TD Garden today. But if he's less than, say, like 90%, is this Boston series to lose?
3: I think that, you know, they've done what they're supposed to do. I don't think that you could say that they're, they're in control yet. Game four is the control game. You know, if you go up 3-1, you're in control of the city. This 2-2. It's a seven game, it's a three game series and they, and they, and they still have home court advantage and you have to fly across the country twice. Right. So I, I don't think that, you know, the series has been decided, but it will be decided in the next 36 hours.
1: Uh, Celtics attacked uh, Steph's defense with some success and I'm i I'm a Steph fan, but I saw the hot takers like skip and such going after Steph's legacy. Like, my top 10 ever, my ass kind of stuff. Like, when you hear that stuff, when you hear that kind of stuff about Steph Curry, like, what's your immediate reaction? Because he's obviously not the greatest defender in the world, but does he need to do more for you to be at that level that he's at?
3: No. I mean, Steph Curry is, I mean, first of all, those guys don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're saying (laughs) that. But the guy, how many people have changed basketball? I would say Will Chamberlain and, and Kareem, you know, have changed the way the game is played. They had to make the lanes wider or they said don't dunk. Right. Michael Jordan, they were like, okay, there's an illegal offense rule. So we're going to let teams play zone and other things because he can't, you can't guard him man-to-man. Steph Curry changed the game. The way it's played today is because of him. Yeah, He single-handedly, as an individual, has changed the way the game is played. You know, people shoot three-pointers because of him. So, to think that his legacy is not. The guy who's been in the finals six times, been multiple MVPs, think that he has to do something extra, it only adds to him. It never takes away. It only adds to his legacy. Nothing can take away what he's already done.
1: Uh, Boston was plus 16. Uh, well said, by the way. Uh, Boston was plus 16 on the boards, plus nine on the offensive glass. Can the Warriors counter that at all, Kenny?
3: Yes, it has to be Looney, because Looney has to play well enough to say, you can't take me off the floor. And the the problem is that he's been taken off the floor, and then they get super little, and then Williams, Tatum, everyone else involved, they get offensive rebounds like we're seeing right here, Mm -hmm. and they get second and third opportunities, and Al Horford, and Brown all of a sudden Brown and, and Tatum become big when Looney leaves the floor yeah. and so you know unless they can find like a young guy like Kamenga to come in and be athletic they don't look athletic as, as Mike Green said right now they have to find a young guy to come in and actually get things done
1: all right, before we let you go, there were a lot, speaking of cameos, as we see Paul Pierce in uh, The Brilliant Leather Jacket, there are a lot of cameos in this movie that, by the way, just hit Netflix. I don't know if you heard Hustle starring Kenny the Jet Smith, among others, and Adam Sandler. Among the others that made a cameo in this film, Who is the coolest just to kind of sort of be around? Ooh, Dr. J. Yeah. Are you
3: kidding me? there's not even close. But Dr. J walks into the room. Like, the whole room, like, leans to the left. <laughs> like, he's just, he just has an aura about him, like.
1: Is easy you know, as smooth as he seems? He's smoother. Smoother. <laughs> smoother.
3: Like, he's like, like, anyone 18, he's like, they're like, he's like, hey, what's up, young fella? And any, any and anyone wait, but anyone like fifty or over, he's like, "Hey, what's up, young fella?" <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. And he just keeps everybody on their toes, man. Doctor J is the coolest ever uh, to be around.
1: Uh, awesome. Uh, appreciate you taking some time out. What are you working on? Shoulders. Back. What are, we, what are we doing in here? Today's the cardio day. Did, just a cardio you know, day. A
3: movie stars got to stay slim. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Keep the money maker looking good. All right, Kenny, thanks for okay, doing this. Man. As always, uh, we'll catch up soon. And congratulations on the film. Honestly, very thanks cool to see. Lot, congratulations on the year. And if you ever bring the Bentley up uh, to Toronto, I want to ride. Say no more. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, won't. Well, there's Kenny the Jet Smith working out and talking to us here on TV. All right, we're going to take the break because the music's playing. Coming up, though, former 100-meter gold medal. From one cool dude to another. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. From one smooth dude to another. Legend, friend of the show, Donovan Bailey, drops by. Just over a month away from the World Athletic Championships and a bunch of stuff in his plate. We'll talk to him. Tim Friends continues, McAuliffe and Mickey here with you. And Mickey, am I the only one that's seeing these Jesse Rubinoff tweets come across the timeline right now? After I mean,
2: people can't get enough of Jesse Rubinoff. Canadian that's, Open. that's really what it's all about. What are you seeing right now? So there's one interesting one yeah. uh, at, let's call him in the 604. Just has, no, Matt. Yeah, Matt. It's probably Matt, right? It could, oh, Matt, Matt in the six o four. His name's Matt. His name's Matt. Yeah, his name's Matt. I was seeing. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> uh, hey, Tim and friends, Jesse Rubinoff hold his microphone weird, or is it just me? And Matt or Madden, we're not sure. Says poor grip, my friend. Oh, he's, he's, Your analysis of the microphone holding, Tim McAuliffe, veteran sports broadcaster.
1: He's kind of got a like. He kind of got a gentle touch there, no. He does. Don't you normally, like, yeah. kind of grips it up? Like, you, you, you wrap your hand entirely
2: around the microphone? You know what that says to me, though? What's that? He's very comfortable with what he's doing. He's on the show. He's shooting the breeze with his buddy Tim McAuliffe, yeah. talking golf. He's feeling very good. I think it's a, think
1: it's a very soft and gentle... I,
2: the, the Pointer Sisters
1: one sung song, and you're way too young for this, but it's, I want a man with a slow hand.
2: I want a man with an easy touch. Mm-hmm. I think the Pointer Sisters would like they would like Jesse Rubinoff. They would like Jesse Rubinoff, yeah. Do you think that they had the Heinz, the foresight to sing that song about <laughs> Jesse I Rubinoff?
1: I don't know, but let me bring in my next guest, because I think he may remember the Pointer Sisters, and he may remember the man with this slow well, hand. Not, he, oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Donovan Bailey. Uh, this show is called Tim and Friends for a reason. Every once in a while, we just bring homies through to talk to. This is one of our homies, and he's also one of the greatest athletes that this country's ever produced. Donovan, welcome back to the show, and do you remember the Pointer Sisters song?
0: My friend, I, I do remember. And it's clearly that we're all aging ourselves, man. It's crazy. Yeah. But yes, I do remember. Yeah. So, like, when
1: Jesse's holding the, the microphone, and I'm not sure he's holding the microphone like he holds a grudge and or a baton in the relay, would you, would you correct him and tell him to put the hand, like, right around that microphone? Or is it okay? Hold it with some touch, ease, and relax.
0: Well, it depends how relaxed he is. I mean, yeah. I'm saying to you that a baton you have to put your hand all the way around it. Yeah. A mic, you can be a cool dude, man. But <laughs> if you're holding a mic, you can you can definitely be cool. And 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 produce it or do do with it whatever you want to do
1: with
0: it yeah and listen I hear you're doing a lot of things with a microphone
1: and beyond world championship coming up in Eugene I hear you got a book coming out a docu-series I know about the podcast and now a reality show called Canada's Ultimate Challenge I ask you Donovan Bailey what aren't you doing right now
0: Listen, I, I, I got to be like Steve Harvey, bro. You know how it is. I mean, I got to, I got to, I got to, listen, I'm going to be everywhere doing everything. I mean, it's, uh, you know, well, you know how it works, Tim. I mean, uh, yeah. we were down for two years and now uh, we're doing everything. So, yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, Donovan Bailey running things, the podcast is, it's awesome. My co-host Jason Portwondo is, yes. you know, he's, he's, he's been around, uh, you know, the I know the, 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 the journalists, uh, the journalists tour in Toronto. Uh, and uh good 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 guy yes yes. um uh, the canada's ultimate challenge is going to be amazing uh we've got uh five other great uh olympic champions or olympians or world champions uh that uh that i'm going to be uh uh coaching with i'm looking forward to i'm not competing or else it wouldn't be a competition (laughs) but i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to mentoring some great canadians and getting that out there and um and we've got uh, docu series coming out, and of course, uh, with uh, with Penguin Random House, uh, my book's gonna come out. So, uh, other than that, Tim, I'm looking for a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, other than that, I'm look. I heard our friend Luke Wilson is on uh, Canada's Ultimate Challenge as well, former NFL player. So that'll be fun to watch. And absolutely, the, the 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 podcast. Like, what made you, given all of the stuff on your plate, what made you want to do the podcast as well?
0: You know what, I think the podcast was, I just wanted to, like a lot of times I get on and we're having conversations and it gets serious. Right. And I really just want to do something light. Right. I, it was just something that, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm a, as you know, uh, Tim, I'm a huge fan of all kinds of sports. I'm a, you know, I love boxing. I love basketball. Uh, clearly, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm known in the, in the track world, uh, but, you know, but I have an opinion on a lot of things. And also... The fact that there's lifestyle and culture out there, and 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 I thought that Port Wando was someone that 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 we mesh. We could right. we could have some banter and some laughs. I mean, a lot of times, really, it's just like, you know, when I come on here and you and I can have a conversation, whether or not I'm Zoom or I'm, I'm in the studio. Right. Uh, you know, the idea of just coming on and sharing uh, to the fans out there and and showing a little a little more of your personality. So I kind of like the podcast for that.
1: Uh, well, the last podcast said uh, NBA boxing. Like, there's a there's a bunch of things there. Yeah. Uh, NBA finals. We were just talking to Kenny the Jet Smith about the right. NBA finals. Uh, who do you got? Warriors or Celtics here?
0: You know what? I picked the I picked the the, the I picked um, Golden State. Like probably a few months ago. Right. I thought that they were like they it just seemed like they were coming together and Clay was coming back. Uh, you know, I still pick them. Although last night. Boston took him apart. They did. So, man, you know what? I- I'm hoping, first of all, I'm hoping he's going to go seven games. I think Golden State's going to take the next game. Mm-hmm. And-, and then in the best of three. So, we'll see. I-, I was,
1: listen, as as one of the greatest uh, 6'4 rebounders or 6'3 rebounders or 6'2 <laughs> rebounders in the history of Sheridan College, I know you know <laughs> that size does not always matter. However, right. it just seemed like I-, I was the same way. I picked the Warriors. I bet the Warriors, like, Ten games into the season to win the NBA title. I thought the same when the series started. I thought the same after two games. I watched last night, like, plus 16 on the – it just seemed like the Warriors were too small and not fast enough.
0: Tim, I hope you're not jumping off the wagon. Do not I, do that. I am. Do not do that, my friend.
1: I am. I got. I,
0: no, you can't. No, this. <laughs> I think here's, – here's what happened last night. I think Draymond is caught up in trying to be – Draymond. You know – Rodman, or yeah. trying to be uh, big Charles Oakley, and I think that he needs to play his game. He needs to be a little bit more finesse, uh, more than muscle. And 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 uh, you know, I, I believe that they will come out. They have they have a lot of firepower, man. I mean, you've you've got at least six guys who can who can who can drop the three. So I'm just saying to you that do not jump off the do not jump off the wagon, my friend. Okay. I'll- I still think that Golden State's going to take it out, but but here's the thing. Okay. Boston is huge and fast yeah and um, you know you can't really neglect that Uh,
1: I I won't jump off the bandwagon but I'm gonna be honest here I'm taping the ankles okay I am preparing to jump off the bandwagon the the ankles are taped (sighs) and ready to go no no Tim no stay on all right I got I got to talk some athletics with you because you know I love especially a sprint game I'm just a huge fan of the the mentality and the game of the sprints and the world championships uh July Eugene um it feels like the Canadian contingent will be strong and I got to add Jerome Blake to the big two don't I
0: absolutely absolutely you know what um here's the thing that we have we must understand one, uh, America is hosting the World Championships, right. and they are not going to relinquish any titles whatsoever. Um, uh, they, they, quickly yeah. or easily. Uh, you know, I think that um, they are going to be very prepared as a team overall. Uh, and and uh, you know, I know that Jamaican ladies are coming uh, to take the sprints. Um, the men, the U.S. men, seems that that they're going to be taking taking some things. Uh, but the Canadian contingent, I mean, I hope that Andre gets things together. And, um, and, and, and with Jerome, uh, Brandon, you know, all of the, all the kids. I think that Canada is going to send a really, really strong contingency. And, and I hope that uh, we come back with some medals. I, listen, here's the thing. Andre always shows up at the major championships. Yeah, I have all the trust and belief in the world that he's going to be on the podium uh, in, in the one and the two. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this is. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to see uh, what the team's gonna do down there.
1: Before I let you go, it, like on the men's side at least, like when you add Marco Arap and Mo Ahmed and Damian yep. Warner, like is is this maybe the best athletics team all around that we've seen at least on the men's side? This is. You know what?
0: Um, yeah. If you're if you're thinking about every single event and how Canada is represented, yeah, so I can see that. I mean, yeah. you've got. You've got uh, you got sprinters. You've got middle distance people. You've got women that are doing really well. Uh, you, you've got field events. You've got the relays. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I think that they're doing an incredible job there and they got to be commended. I mean, there's a lot of great kids, great re- representation. I mean, we don't talk enough about Damian Warner. Damian Warner is the best athlete in on the, the planet. <laughs> I mean, and there's that, you know, other than myself being the fastest man on earth at one point, Damian Warner is the only other person in this country that's ever had a title like that. Yeah. And we don't talk enough about him. Yeah. And he deserves a lot more. All
1: right. Well, we will try our best to do that. Before I let you go, we're running out of time. But how's the golf game? All good. <laughs> how's the golf game?
0: The golf game? Listen, I haven't. You know what's really funny? I haven't played this year. I mean, I haven't played this year because I've been. Oh, no, really? Know, had no I'm 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 the Jamaican with 14 jobs.
1: Right? So, <laughs> the so, the MI you know, family we, in Living listen, Color.
0: I, <laughs> no, but I have got to tell you something. I have we're aging ourselves again. <laughs> yes,
1: we are sorry. <laughs> but, I apologize. Okay, we,
0: we haven't we haven't uh you know I haven't played but I've certainly been watching what's been happening um you know obviously with the new uh with the PGA and also the new um the the tour. New tour. Yeah. And that's that seems to be very interesting and oh, and my, my take on it is this. Real simple. Okay. Um, I think that obviously someone like Tiger Woods is um, has, and McElroy and such has great loyalty to the PGA. But I think that the kids nowadays have so many great options to make a lot of dough. Uh, You know, some of those guys that are going over to live uh, go ahead, man, do your thing.
1: A hundred million dollars. Like, I, <laughs> exactly. You, you can be moral and ethical and all of those things, and it's hard. And rich. To, and it's hard to say <laughs> yeah, no to a hundred million dollars. Uh, right. Always, always great catching up with you. Thank you very much for doing this. And anytime you want to drop by, you know, doors open here.
0: Dude, listen, man, great for having me. And like after worlds, and after I'm done, after I'm done filming um, the Ultimate Canadian Challenge, I'll actually come in studio and we can hang out.
1: Nice, that'd be great. Appreciate you. All right
0: peace out always yes. respect
1: there is uh donovan bailey joining us here on tim and friends every once in a while we reach out we have him on because he's a good dude and he's always good to catch up with it's just nice to have a friend it is and uh, we got a friend in him we sprint on here on tim and friends though can't slow down we turn our attention to hockey after the break another good friend kelly rudy will pop by to tee up game number five from madison square garden tonight plus his take on Evander Kane's future the Edmonton Oilers and more next right here on Tim and Friends. Hold on Tim and Friends jam packed big one at MSG tonight Lightning Rangers square off game five series dive two apiece here's the numbers kids Winner of a Game Five in the NHL playoff series, tied at two apiece, goes on to win 79% of the time. However, number not really same this year. Still no breaking point for the Lightning. Rangers have couple have confirmed Ryan Strome and Philip Heddle will both return to the lineup. I thought there were gonna be game time decisions. We now have confirmation. Hockey Central comes your way 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on Sportsnet, followed by the game on Sportsnet and CBC. This is my friend Kelly Rudy in studio. Thank you very much for walking over. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, walk. it's a long
4: walk. Like, <laughs> hard to do. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's about a driver and a pitching wedge. Well, we'd have to ask Kevin Bieksa. He played <laughs> 27 holes t- yesterday. T- Can you imagine? 27 holes yesterday. Right. I don't even know if I'd want to play. Where did he? Can I, we, can we talk about like where he played? 27? I don't know where he played. Up by his uh, cottage. But okay. I love playing 27. I used to be able to play 36, but I have oh. so much arthritis in my old hands now that it's too hard. So you'd go out in the morning, come back, have Not a little bit of lunch? Not early morning, though. Yeah, go have a little bit of lunch. Or go the back other way. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's an experience. You know, I had one of the greatest experiences since we're talking golf about talking 12 golf, years yeah. ago. So my wife and I had played about 60 rounds that summer together. Oh, nice. And we sat down for dinner after, and she looks at me, she goes, you know, I could do this almost every single day. I was like, I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my summer coming up. Oh, but we nice. still have about, uh, what, two and a half weeks. So where is the, is, is there a destination?
1: We go I to know a place called Predator know, Ridge,
4: yeah. in uh, just outside Vernon. It's absolutely gorgeous, God's 36 holes, and just... It's a lifestyle, right? It's my happy place, I say. Uh, I, I could definitely go for that. That's a lovely country. I love right. part of the country. With Beautiful, right? The Okanagan?
1: Yeah, with wine country, out. too. Do you like wine? No, I'm not a big wine guy, but I am a big rolling hill guy for some reason. Oh, I okay. like my vistas. I like, I like my, it. And I don't mind sitting and having a glass of wine. Yep. I also don't mind sitting and having a cup of coffee and just looking off into the I like distance Because I'm always moving. And sometimes I like it. When the mind's always moving, <laughs> you got to slow it down That's, a bit. That
4: was me yesterday on my three-and-a-half-hour walk. <laughs> oh, I, needed nice. my, I needed to turn off my brain. Right, slow down. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry to turn it back on, but uh, I think I
1: need to hear We, we, we were talking about uh, the Oilers yesterday and kind of closing the book as Ken Holland spoke <clears throat> and Jay yep. Woodcroft spoke, and it seems like they're trending in the right direction, but there are some major decisions that need to be made on this team. One of them is in goal, and the other one is Evander Kane. Do you, yeah. do you think Evander Kane can fit into what the Edmonton Oilers have and what they're going to need when it comes to salary cap space?
4: Yes. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that number is going to look like, but I think he proved to the entire hockey world that he is still a very, very, very good player. And not only just because of the scoring, but the way he plays. Right? He was a, a real pain to play against. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if he's going to stay in Edmonton. And I know that he kind of addressed that, saying, you know, it's all up in the air. But I will say this. Uh, if he doesn't stay there, somebody's going to get a really good, motivated hockey player. And, uh, yeah, so the thank you, I, I think it was great. I, I think he did a lot for his uh, career uh, this year I'll for the Oilers. I would agree
1: with that. But yeah. the one thing that, like, if I'm in... If I'm a GM somewhere else, like he played with some pretty good players. Now, sure I, did. Yeah. I, I know that he's a good player. I know he can score. Yeah. Um, and this tweet felt like it was a little bit of a goodbye. And some people were real interested when uh, Kevin Weeks came on the show yesterday mm-hmm. and said, in terms of money for a new Evander Kane deal, oh, uh, I saw it might start tweet. with a seven. Yeah. Might start with an eight, and then you know there were those out there. Zach Lang works for. Uh, uh, oilers nation and then um mike stevens said any gm that gives eight million dollars average annual value a Vander kane this offseason should be subjected to involuntary cognitive testing like there's a lot of different opinions on what this player is but like in the playoffs you need
4: that player so what's the value there i don't know what that number is going to look yeah. like but i do know there's a lot of hesitation when he was a free agent to leaving san jose yeah. Uh, Would you sign him and there's two different camps, right? Absolutely not. And yes, because he's still a good player. What he proved this year is clearly that he is a good player, not only in the playoffs, but also in the regular season. So you have to weigh, you know, there's a lot of rumors. Do you you hesitate in signing a guy because of rumors or and I know there's some factual things as well. But you know what? Uh, Doesn't everybody deserve a, a, a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, whatever? Right.
1: And I think he's proven at least this year, and and maybe you can you can question whether or not he could do it over a long-term deal, sure. or however long-term this is. And I think that's a fair I would be question. concerned about yeah. that. Yeah, I think that would be a fair question. It would. Uh, but he proved this year that he stayed out of the trouble and he did that's what he needed right. to do. Yeah. There was no, oh, did he go to this? Did he do that? There was none of that. It was, yeah. look at what he's doing on the ice. And I think that's made his value kind of shoot up a lot. 100%. And looking at the positive side of things. Absolutely. Uh, If you were setting, this is a tough one, if you were setting odds on who will go furthest among the Canadian teams for next year, who would you (laughs) make the favorite? Like, do you know, because the the reason I asked the question is, I don't know what the answer to that is. No. The Oilers have some questions. Uh, The Calgary Flames look pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. And then in a matter of four games, yeah, kind of evaporated, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are what the Toronto Maple Leafs are. Do you think that there's oh. a favorite on who you think could go furthest next year or who has the ability to go the furthest
4: next year? I think that, uh, you know, I'm not going to slam Mike Smith because I raved about him many, many times during these playoffs, but there were times uh, in this last round where he, they needed a big save from him, and he just didn't. Yeah. Um, he threw the puck away a few too many times in these playoffs for my liking, but if they were to get it, an upgrade in goal then I'd lean towards the Oilers yeah. um, but I, I have to say just the entire team as a whole uh, and I'm not saying because I cover the Flames a lot they're a really good team top yeah. to bottom yeah. I would agree with that all right so let's focus on tonight game five by the way as you know I've been raving about the Leafs all season long mm-hmm. and I think that they are really close but they still some changes because they had an opportunity they could have beat Tampa Tampa is ready to be beaten in the first round and the Leafs had that chance and yeah. they didn't so I a couple little things but uh, they're not going to win with that group it,
1: yeah for me it's and I say this way too much and I'm repeating but the difference between good and great is consistency yeah and for this Leafs team that consistency to play near the top like because when you when you watch them at mm-hmm. their best
4: yeah. they're really damn really, good. really really good it's just those little lulls that cost them. And game I felt four like, was horrific, right? Right. And, and that wasn't when you talk about consistency. There's you hope you're usually at this level. Sometimes you right. can get to this level, right. but they went to this level, right? Right. And that, that's you can't do that. And you don't often see other teams do that.
1: That are that's right. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning. If they do that, the next game, yeah. the response is immediate.
4: Yeah. They drop five or ten percent. Right. 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 That's the difference.
1: Uh, All right, let's get to game five tonight. Madison Square Garden. Um,
4: Do you believe in the momentum of two straight wins, or is that offset Mm -hmm. by the Rangers going home? Uh, I think it's offset by the Rangers going home. And I've never really been one to say there's momentum from game to game. There is throughout the course of a game. I used to deny it when I was a a player because I didn't want to give in to that feeling, say, okay, this is just their seven-minute run, and then we've got to wrestle it back, and then hopefully we'll go on a six-minute run. But uh, from game to game, I don't believe in it, and I do think the Rangers are so good at home that it's going to be really difficult. On top of that, Vasilevskiy, His last six games in MSG, he has given up three or more in every single game. And his record last six in MSG is one in five. And so that tells you that he struggles in that building, as strange as that sounds.
1: It does sound strange, but you being a goalie, were there just places where you didn't like the sight lines or you
4: didn't like the team? I absolutely love the city of Boston. I loved the old Boston Gardens, and I was horrible in that building. I just, I could not find my game. I could not get in a groove in that game, and it bugged me because I used to like to think that I was really good in those old buildings, like right. Montreal or here in Toronto or, you know. But that was a this, different one. That was it, a
1: small barn, But right?
4: I like small barns, too. Right. That didn't bother me. And, and coming from the Western Hockey League, we had some small right. barns. So that wasn't an issue, and I just loved how intimate, but I just couldn't get going there. Well, I- We were discussing
1: in our meeting earlier today about how you guys have meetings before the show. It's shocking. We're talking. We're talking about um, the NBA has basically put a couple of added days into their schedule, and so Mm -hmm. it's not every second night. Right. And part of me thinks, well, that's part of the marathon. And and, right. and the, the, the war of attrition that the playoffs have become, mm-hmm. either in basketball and or hockey. And part of me was like, wait, when you get to the Stanley Cup final, maybe you want the best players to play as much as possible. It, can you see both sides of that, or, is, or do you lean to one or the other? I would prefer to go every other night. Yeah, you like you know, that.
4: Yeah. And I have played in series where there's been a break. And uh, it, it wasn't ideal. You get through it and you find a reason to, you know, sort of uh, overlook that and say, okay, well, you know, something wrong with the building or we, we just you know, can't get in there. But right. I always liked just every other night. The routine. Now, keep it. in mind, my first five years, I think, in the National Hockey League, the first round we played four and five nights. That was, we played back-to-back, wow. a day off for travel, then back-to-back. Now, that was grueling. Okay. That was tough, yeah. and so now it seems like a cakewalk for the teams.
1: Right. So you you wouldn't you wouldn't entertain the idea of giving them a couple of days off and maybe guys like, you know, Hedele would get he, uh, well, healed they, they up would, a little bit more. You might get strong, better hockey, might, yeah. yeah, because they're healthier. Right. That's the idea in the ba- in the basketball. That's so that right. They're the the banged up players that have gone through you right. know, three like rounds Steph of Kirk. wars. Yeah, you might be able to get them healthy. and right. You don't get the team that just catches the break I understand player, that yeah. but
4: I also think that you know it's that there's something special about playing through those little nagging injuries and that grind and then hopefully at the end of the series you win and you're pretty proud of yourself yeah I think the Rangers would take a couple more days off before I think this they game. would well point though yeah that's true right yeah and he's close I yeah. saw some uh, viz of him today skating and he's starting to look like he's close yes. so he could be there for the next game it sounds like if they
1: hit the brink of elimination yeah that maybe point makes his return. Yeah. Uh, great point. And Kelly Rudy, <laughs> thank you very much for stopping by. We Thanks appreciate you. Thanks, my it. friend. And that, uh, that uh, driver five iron probably for me uh, <laughs> okay, Walk yeah. back the other way. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, maybe we can hit him one day. I like it. All right. Kelly Rudy in studio as a friend. Time for one last break. We'll get the Last Call with Kevin Mickey and do our weekside challenge in support of our friends, Chris and Kelsen Snow. ALS Research next right here. I'm Tim and friends we've been talking about it for almost a week now weak side strong it is a challenge that has been put out there by our friends Chris and Kelsey snow. Challenge people, raise money for ALS by using their weak side strong. I am a left-handed hockey shot. I have a right-handed stick in my hand. What I'm going to do is a little bit of target practice here, my friends, right-handed. I am going to attempt to knock out both of these targets shooting right-handed. My God, where did he come it's Jason Vogt! No, it's not. It's Kevin Mickey. And he's got on terrible pads that I don't know where he
2: got. I where know. did you get those pads? They're behind you almost every day. Oh, okay. I hear you're looking for target practice.
1: <laughs> oh, you're going to go in that? <laughs> yeah. Let's do this, yeah. Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, yeah. oh, love
2: right. right. Uh you, Are you okay
1: if I use the orange balls that we use for street hockey? Because you don't necessarily have...
2: I don't know maybe you just shoot at that all right actually no I'm in I'm in I'm good
1: all right right. he's good uh Joe let me know if you got enough room here cameraman Joe zoom in I got to switch the hands around here oh
2: doctor we're ready to go (laughs) you look fantastic with these with this equipment Um, that was built by the way made in 1962 I think
1: Perfect. You look fantastic. I mean, you look like a pro right now. Oh, yeah. I'm Definitely. far from it, though. By the way, uh, just to let you know, this is the first athletic endeavor that I've done with the sausage finger that had the severed ligament. So, the it, ex- mi- the ex- it might excuses be great. The right there, yeah. It might be great. It, it might be terrible. It also might be the opposite of great. All right. You ready? Oh, yeah. WeakSideStrong.org. Kevin Mickey, are you ready? Let's do it. You don't look like you're I'm ready. I'm not. I'm, okay. s- I'm terrified. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh, there's one! All right, we got, we, go. we got three. We got three. We got three. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Oh. There it is, off the blocker. Yeah. yeah and yeah. number three. Off the post. Uh, that go in or what? All right. One more. Uh, one more. By the way, back here. <laughs> It's
2: awesome.
1: <laughs> no, it's still loose. It's still loose. Ah. Oh. Awesome. Oh,
2: buries that one.
1: WeakSideStrong.org. Uh, Kevin Mickey, great job. Yeah, Boy. thanks. WeeksideStrong.org. And somehow, through the magic of television, we have cleaned all that up and or we recorded it earlier in the day, but I want to challenge Ken Reed, friend of the show, contractually obligated friend of the show, and his man crush. Colby Armstrong to do their wheat Side strong to help out ALS and if you don't follow Chris and or Kelsey online
2: it is it's awe inspiring yeah they are truly remarkable human beings both yeah. what they do and what they what they showcase on an everyday basis right. they're kids as well super cool getting in on everything it's it's awesome it's yeah. really cool it, it is awesome and oftentimes
1: like I will. Accuse and rightly so, social media of being like the best of everyone. Yeah. They give you the reality all of the time, and it takes such big guts to do that mm-hmm. all the time, but it's so needed to understand the journey that they are going through, and to, to keep their chin up as much as they do throughout the entire journey yeah. is like tip of the cap type of stuff. Big
2: time, yeah. big time, and that's why I put on a blocker that cut my hand and I sweat a lot and I got makeup all over a mask Mm -hmm. for them.
1: Right. And for you, the, the true sacrifice is That's Kevin it. Mickey's finger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did and have a bloody finger though. Yeah, There's yeah, something in that locker. Not What was going on, yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe because it was made in 1972.
2: It, it, yeah. may, it probably was. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the last call stuff. The All Canadian right. men's soccer team they will play a CONCACAF Nations League match against Curaçao tonight. <laughs> Back they will on play. The field. They're, They're going to play. They're playing tonight let's They're go. in Vancouver. <laughs> It's the first game since they didn't play Sunday. They refused to play against Panama over a contract dispute. The two sides, they have resumed negotiations yesterday. John Herdman, he spoke from the heart as he discussed. It's been a difficult week.
6: but I had my my whole family here waiting in the stadium. The players had their families. You know, these guys are, are fighting for something bigger and it was a tough moment. No one wanted that to happen. The players didn't. And I think you've got to understand when they make decisions like that, that was a heavy decision that weighed on them very heavy. But it let you know that, you know, in their minds, there was a reason for that. And I have to respect that as a coach. I think for the fans, you don't want to see that. I mean, none of us want to see that. And I don't think we'll ever see that again. This country wasn't ready for what just happened. It's 36 years since we've been to a World Cup. No one knew what was coming, no one was ready for this type of negotiation. We made mistakes on both sides and uh, we can't make them again. The next generation of leaders and players, they're not going to make their mistakes again. The processes will be in place now, people know what's going to happen and I guarantee you there's many countries at this World Cup that went through something very similar, but not now, the first time after 30 years. Thank you very so, much. so I'm hoping, you know, the fans, that they, they turn up. I'm hoping they turn up and, uh, you know, enjoy the moment.
2: Timmy, on Monday, you posed the question, can't we have anything nice in Canadian soccer? Has the Canadian soccer brands been damaged over the last week? Uh,
1: a little bit. But the magic of sport is that you can repair it in... A flash. I'm not saying you can do it against Curacao, I'm not even saying you can do it against Honduras. Yep. But I guarantee you if you go in and win a game at the World Cup, especially early, all that goes away. And I think there's enough people within the hardcore fan base or even those who have just jumped on the bandwagon the last little while that understand what John Herdman was saying and man is Canada Soccer lucky to have John Herdman mm. be as eloquent as he was in a very tough spot there saying like, this this happens in international football every once in a while, but it also happens when you've never been here before. And for the men's side, I haven't been here for a long time, for a generation. And I think there are a lot of people in the hardcores that completely understand both sides of this fight yep. and understand that it had to go, there had to be something to go through to make sure that when you come out the other side, you're doing it right. And that's what I hope John Herbman will help usher in, is because he knows enough about the players, he knows enough about the fans, he also knows enough about the business to understand that there's enough to go around here, do it right.
2: If you're going to the game at BC Plays tonight, enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. enjoy the soccer, it's gonna be great. Uh, right, if you were at bad. this game in 1999, I hope you enjoy it. Today's the anniversary, one of the most unforgettable moments in Major League Baseball history, June 9th, <laughs> 1999. In a game against the Jays, so Mets good. manager Bobby Valentine, or is that Bobby Ballantine, yeah. was ejected in the 12th twel- for arguing catcher's interference. Uh, he returned to the dugout shortly after with a mustache made of eye black and sunglasses and a Mets t-shirt. He was quickly identified, you don't say, <laughs> and he was told to get out of here. He was suspended for two games, five grand. Timmy. What's your best Halloween costume of all time?
1: <laughs> My best. This is, like, how underrated... What the hell are you doing over there? What do you mean? Is that Kevin Mickey? Where's the eye black? You know, you can't just put on the glasses and act like you've done a bit here. Listen. You need to You need to sell into it the way you sold into the 1972 pads. You can't just put on a pair of sunglasses and think you're Bobby Valentine. I Get didn't... me some eye black and then I'll listen. I or didn't have a socks. lot of
2: time to dress up the prop comedy, this is all I had. <laughs> hey, well, but if you're going right, to do yeah, it, look, you got to do it right. Me, wait, there. Huh? 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 What if I say huh again? Uh-uh. Huh? No. Alright. No.
1: Best, I'm not a big Halloween guy. Did you know that? I love Halloween. Oh, yeah? I you're one Halloween. of those. So what's your best guy? One for? of those! Please. Yeah, uh, a
2: few years ago, a big group of us went as the average Joe's from volleyball, uh, from dodgeball, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um... Jeez, we've gone as a ton of different stuff. Now my dog's always involved, so that's always fun. Yeah. La, Tony La Russa dressed up as a next. manager today, yeah. by the way. Next. Did you hear about this? <laughs> huh? Yeah, La Russa <laughs> making some perplexing decisions. Don't tell a
1: national audience that. Sorry, guys. I think it makes a lot Tony of sense. Tony La Russa, what, what happened?
2: Well, he decided that he was going to intentionally walk the Dodgers' Trey Turner, despite the fact that it was a one-two count, two strikes. Huh. The next batter, Max Muncy, Ding dong! <laughs> Who's there? Ah uh, yes, it's a home run. Oh, and wouldn't you know it? The Dodgers—they went on to win 11-9. Oh my! Goodness. We've already seen a couple of high-profile managers fired this week. Larusa next? He could be. He could be. And I think it might actually be a
1: good move from the White Sox because they so can too, yeah. make the switch from the old grumpy guy to someone new, someone fresh, and feel like they could maybe capture some momentum. Alright, that does it for us. Hockey Central is coming up, 7.30 Eastern on Sportsnet, followed by the Lightning and the Rangers. Game number five, Yanks and Twins over on SportsNet, one of the bit Red Sox Angels on SportsNet. Now, Mickey's put on the glasses like he's some sort like, what do you think, your carrot top over there? Like what's going on? He's <laughs> <laughs> just a pair of glasses. I'm on small, people will talk to you.